Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, presented by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres matchup on Tuesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets was, of course, postponed due to the historic storm that has hit Buffalo and Western New York and really throughout the country as well, but mostly here in Buffalo. It remains to be seen if the Sabres are going to be playing on Thursday against Detroit. That is a home game scheduled for a 7 o'clock puck drop. But given at the time of us recording this on Wednesday night, there is still a driving ban in effect in the city of Buffalo that will be in effect at least until tomorrow morning. And with really not knowing the nature of what the roads are going to look like throughout the city and if that driving ban is going to be lifted, it is still up in the air whether tomorrow's game is also going to be postponed. But at the heart of all of this with the Sabres, before we get into them a bit, is this horrific, insane storm that has hit Buffalo. Over 30 people in the community have died because of this storm. And very sad to say that that number will probably continue to rise as it has every couple of hours. It seems like it has over the past few days, and it's unbelievably tragic. And a lot of times we like to talk, like when major things happen, you know, I think you and I both are pretty open about wanting to talk about it and have a conversation about it. And so we kind of wanted to just start off today's episode by doing that a bit, because while first and foremost, it's unbelievably just tragic and horrible what this storm has done to those who, of course, have, have lost their lives or families who have been without power or heat or food, whatever you want to just go down the list. I mean, there is, it's an endless list of ways that this has really affected people in this community so deeply. And it's just heartbreaking because it feels like at the same time, a lot of this is maybe not necessarily, you don't want to go as far as to say things that are preventable, but we're lacking in infrastructure and for the tools necessary for being the snowiest city in the country. And I mean, we just had the county executive today taking pot shots at the mayor saying every single storm, Buffalo is always the last one to get the sh- the, the snow cleared from the streets. And it's true. It, it makes you wonder, how is it that we are routinely the city in the United States with the most snowfall every single year, yet it feels as though our infrastructure and whatever the plan that they have in place and whatever you want to call it, that we are just routinely unequipped to handle this thing that we know is coming every single year it's one of the all the hallmarks of this city in general and so that we're not only are we getting excuses from this but we're hearing politicians blaming residents well yeah yeah it's pretty crazy it's really interesting because i guess in storms like this and the last storm you might be like wow pretty crazy this doesn't happen a lot 
I would prefer if these were more once in a generation, if they really lived up to their name, that'd be really, that'd be good. I think they should uh, go back to that. Right. Anyway, once in a generation storm that kind of happened a month ago, like, come on. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's a different kind of storm, but it, it's right. pretty wild. But, but in those situations, it's easy for people to be like, uh, well, it's hard, hard to deal with it. But I would say, since I live here and I know, and I happen to live on a side street in Buffalo and also, uh, I'm especially sensitive to this since I drive a sedan stupidly, uh, the plowing is not good when it's just normal snow. And I think this is, we'll get more to the blizzard in a second, but like worth noting on the plowing stuff, uh, Martin Luther King day last year, it snowed like eight inches between like 5. AM and 10. AM. That kind of stuff happens. I mean, it happens every year. It's just like, Oh wow, there's a bunch of snow. Then it's over. And it, kids were off from school on Tuesday and Wednesday because of how bad the plowing went. I know I had to shovel the street to move my car that it was not a blizzard. It wasn't even a specially memorable storm. All that's memorable about it is, how bad the plowing was. And I know obviously uh, we had in between these two big storms, we had lake effect snow for the bills game. Uh, I guess that was a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. And I was thinking about it as someone who used to live in South Buffalo and then also lived in Hamburg for a time that the South towns is good at snow removal for a lot of reasons. First of all, they, they pay the requisite money to be good at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, A second, uh, they just have a ton of space to put, snow and stuff and streets are wider it's a little bit easier i mean it's stuff still is bad when eight feet of snow drops but they uh they're really good at dealing with it here's an interesting thing about this storm it doesn't uh it doesn't snow north of the snow belt like this when lake effect snow happens which people uh probably have heard us talk about before it happens in what's called the snow belt it's pretty light outside that but maybe i should back up a second for our listeners who aren't from buffalo or don't live here or don't live that close to here because a lot of places in the country get snow. To explain real quick, because I think this also happened during that other storm I mentioned with Dolphins fans not understanding the difference between the two snowstorms recently and asking if this storm uh, two weeks ago was going to get was going to get the Bills-Dolphins game moved, which is laughable to people in Western New York, but maybe people literally don't understand. So here's the real difference. It snows in Buffalo because it's in the Northeast. Obviously, that's just part of the deal up here. It snows more because we're right next to Lake Erie and lake effect snow happens when the lake hasn't frozen yet. And uh, that's about uh, as much as I can get. It happens with uh, certain weather patterns over the lake because of how big the Great Lakes are, uh, even though Lake Erie is like the smallest and shallowest one. Basically, that snow comes and it comes in what's called the snow belt. So it basically is like if you drew a line across the city of Buffalo, like across downtown, split like the east side in half split cheek to Waga, Lancaster and half at like Genesee street and then all the way out to like Alden. And then it kind of dissipates out, but then Rochester has their own lake. So that's, they have their own deal. And then it goes, I don't know how far South, but it goes like South of the city through like Hamburg, uh, maybe like the Springville, like that area. And that, that area gets, it's basically like a death cannon of snow. And that's what usually happens when you hear about bad storms in Buffalo and you're out here, people that live in the North towns, which are more populous and people live in the Northern half of the city, we'll just be dealing with a regular snowstorm. That's what happened to you and I, this more, most recent storm. We were not in uh, any kind of Great Lakes, or sorry, uh, well, Great Lakes lake effect storm. What happened this time is a genuine blizzard, which despite our reputation, we do not get these a lot. And blizzards are even worse. It's basically, it's not qu- quite uh, category one hurricane force wind. It's like a the tropical wind levels storm. were though. I believe isn't doesn't not a s- category one. Well, wasn't a category sustained. one categorized as uh, seventy two miles per hour, and I think we had hit like seventy nine. So, so sustained though. Well, yeah, right. Th- that's Obviously, the hallmark that's, of it. So like yeah. it's it basically. 
tropical storm level wind and instead of rain we get snow and also it drops in te- like it was 40 degrees here the day before the storm it yep. drops in temperature uh to below freezing and then with the wind chill who knows so that's basically what happened so when i say the south towns is good at dealing with snow usually it's because you can get out there and if two inches are falling an hour you can on the main roads you can clear that pretty easily. Down, paul god damn yeah but that was in buffalo when when it's so windy that you can't see and this is not just buffalo this was pretty much the whole region but it was so windy you can't see this shit i couldn't see out of my goddamn windows friday morning yep. it didn't let up until sunday so it it was like a nightmare uh nightmare i should say i always said that word wrong uh but it's it it was it's kind of insane like when i opened the door to my porch so much snow had come towards my house even though that not that much snow at fall at the time, I couldn't open my door. And I had to go out the side door also to dig out my front door downstairs. Like that's that's the kind of weather you're talking about here. And that's that's what's like really crazy about it. It's not something we deal with all the time. So when the dust settles, you have these huge snow drifts. There's a bunch of snow in the street, so much that you can't plow when it is safe for plows to get out there. And then it's I it the city is also at the same time totally unprepared to deal with one eighth of this level of a storm. So it's it's a really insane situation. So that's kind of the way to explain it is the city is in general bad at dealing with snow. We could probably do a two-hour show on why that is. <laughs> uh, but like now they have to deal with all that accumulated snow and they couldn't – you couldn't have a plow out there Friday or Saturday because you couldn't see. So really insane storm and this is not even close. Uh, so I guess what people might be wondering is how much snow fell where we are in Buffalo – like where you and I are, like between two and three feet, which we've dealt with. We're, I mean, the South Towns deals with worse all the time, but like I said, it's it's not the same. And the, the fact that it was below freezing, the wind chill was like negative whatever it was, and the wind was as crazy as it was, uh, the th- things were so impassable that people went outside and they just couldn't get back inside. Like they had right. nowhere to go. Cars get stuck. People don't. It's actually very dangerous for your car to be on when it's a blizzard. Uh, there's a there's a way to handle that to not die of carbon monoxide poisoning, but unfortunately that's not common knowledge. And then there's other people try to shovel the snow; they have a heart attack. Uh, people who are just having a different medical episode in their house, no one can get to them. Fires, really hard to get to fires. Yep. So it's all that stuff that makes it worse. When I, so when I the snowfall really is not tell the tale. It's how insane it was for those two days and the effects that has. We're talking at 6:30 p.m. on uh, Wednesday night. The snow it really stopped in earnest around here. It's it, the snow is pretty slow from Sunday morning on, but I'm I'm walking to the movies after this because I can't drive there. Right, right. Well, and God, I mean, even if you're walking around pretty much in any given part of the city, it's it's so hit or miss when it comes to the quality in which the streets are being done. I mean, yeah. seeing how, for example, like my dad lives on a side street in South Buffalo, and. They had the front loaders last night were there and went pretty much the entire length of the street. And it's, you know, there, it's a, there's a layer of snow and ice down, but it's it's curb to curb. Whereas you get to down where I live now, which is like a little bit more north in the Elmwood Village on Bird Avenue, there is like barely one lane of traffic going through. And you go in, but again, my dad was one of the lucky ones in South Buffalo because then some of the other streets in South Buffalo, when you start to go more towards downtown and uh, and the direction of like South Park in that area, a mess, barely a lane over there. And it's the same thing over here. And so again, you know, understandable 100% when it comes to, as you had mentioned, plows are included with not wanting 
any kind of vehicles out on the road in those levels of whiteout conditions. I mean, that was unlike anything I have ever seen before or experienced in all of my years of living in Buffalo. But again, though, you know, we're now recording this on Wednesday in the evening. We're talking the snow, like the serious snow stopped falling. Generally speaking, we could say earlier Sunday because there were some pockets on and off where it'd be snowing, but like the real bad stuff. It's been about three days now. And it's just, it, it feels like not only it, it's these compounding issues where there's so much of the city that's not done, but then on top of that, the tool that they were supposed to be rolling out to keep track of plow activity within the city is not being updated and is not accurate. And then that just makes people even more frustrated because there's folks like you and I, and those listening now who maybe realize that, but then there's other people who are looking at that and being like, well, what the hell are they even doing? Yeah. You know, it, it just seems like there is this huge disconnect in terms of not only response, but also just the way that information is being communicated to us as well. And there's a difference in that, I would say, even from like the county to the city level, not that I'm, you know, letting anybody off the hook, but like, it's drastic when you look at the, the communication and the, you know, and again, not that I'm giving anybody who's in those positions a pat on the back because the people who deserve pat on the backs are people who are like the first responders who are out there, like saving people's lives. And just like the everyday neighbors who are, just like showing up. I mean, these amazing stories that we've been been hearing about that obviously shouldn't be happening in the first place. And it's so horribly sad that they are, but like, those are the people who deserve praise, not the people who are working at a snail's pace with this and are seemingly allowing preventable deaths to continue to happen with their inaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, another thing I, uh, I guess we should mention with with how hard it is to uh, to deal with this once it once the the two day period of insane wind and snow is over, is if you look at uh, the driving ban, which is supposed to tell people when when you, you got to stop traveling, you got to be at home at this time. It's not an advisory. It's not any of that stuff. It's like a ban. I think uh, I think everyone can admit at this point that it, it came way too late. It came at nine thirty on Friday. So that, what that meant in practicality, though, was that there are a ton of cars out there. And even with the driving van, people were were driving, trying to drive Friday and Saturday regardless to, to get to grocery stores and whatnot. But it was too late. And now there, there were so many cars like they had to bring in a special tool to pick up and move cars before plowing can happen. And that's even today, even after all this time, like fire trucks and ambulances and, and stuff, they like – need support to be able to get to some places in Buffalo. It's really tough. And the other thing is that uh, people might not know this. Uh, my street was not plowed by a plow. It was plowed by a front loader because yeah. it not only did it snow so much, it's so cold that the snow becomes basically like heavy, almost ice. So when I went out walking on that would have been Monday, I guess, to go to the store when uh, Walgreens opened back up and you could walk on the snow. I mean, there's nowhere else to walk but the snow. It's not like there was a bunch of paths, but you could walk on the snow and it was about two in some spots, about three feet. You only sink in like six inches. It's that tough. Like it'll just support, it'll support a 200 pound man walking on it. So it's plows. Can't do that. Plow a regular plow can't handle that at all. So like they literally, what this, this truck was doing on my street, which is a pretty narrow street. And I had to do this was last night when I got home around 10 30, 11 PM backing up, a little bit and then getting like a running start and hitting the snow as hard as possible and then picking it up and kind of pushing it towards the side and picking up in different places and man 
uh, there's nothing else they could have done but that's pretty wild to see that in person like yeah and that's part of the reason you know this stuff takes so long so if you're wondering why the sabers may or may not play uh four days after the snow stops that's why although prediction i think they're playing you think they're gonna yeah i honestly buffalo is the only place in the area where you can't drive right now uh so really i think detroit's gonna fly into the airport which is not in buffalo they can stay in chictawaga there's a bunch of hotels out there and then by tomorrow afternoon it'll probably not clear up but it'll probably be good enough that it'll be declared not a driving ban anymore and on top of that it's gonna rain tomorrow which is Mm -hmm. another fun thing to deal with people who are not from around here might not know this and people in the city might not know it because we don't usually deal with this level of snow it's flooding (laughs) fun stuff it's it's I know it's especially a problem in certain areas. I know West Seneca is one of them. Kenmore has been a place in the past, but like, oh boy, my, so people might not know this about me. I used to be a, uh, in the journalism game. So I used to be a sports writer, but then when I stopped, I was a briefly, uh, the editor of the West Seneca B and my first, the first time I was supposed to finish and publish the weekly newspaper, I couldn't even get there because my shitty car can't get through like three inches of snow. But I couldn't get out of a parking lot because the parking lot wasn't plowed. It wasn't a crazy storm. Like I said, it was like four inches. And by the time like an hour had passed, it was like I probably could have gotten out. I mean, if I could have driven on hurdle if it, if it if I had gotten out. Anyway, point of that is it snows a decent amount. It snows more in West Seneca than it does up here. It snows like a foot or two. My second edition of the paper, you'll never guess what it was about on the front page flooding because it was 50 degrees the next week i feel like this is happening more frequently of late uh big snowstorms and then oh i don't know what's gonna happen to all the snow oh don't worry about it it's gonna uh, just melt within a week which is not usually how it works pretty wild it's it's honestly i can't believe this winter and it's it's only technically been winter for a week but it's only really been buffalo winter for like what six weeks maybe it doesn't usually even snow by this time of year We've already hit the yearly average snowfall in two yeah. months. Oh, boy. I hope January is nice and quiet on that front. God damn it. Better be. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this has been – it's been really insane. Uh, and I, I can say from a personal perspective, because obviously neither of us really had to deal with the, the real hard stuff. Uh, walking on Monday even, seeing like the aftermath of it basically, yep. after I'd only just briefly gone outside my house to clear the front of my – house on uh, Saturday and Sunday, Monday, actually walking down the street and going down hurdle to go to Walgreens. It was insane. I, it's, it's hard to describe. And like I said, I'm someone who grew up where it did snow, like South Buffalo and Hamburg, yeah. seeing like 20 foot mounds of snow, seeing people drive for some reason on Monday. I mean, there's one lane open. People, cars couldn't get by each other. It was super stupid. Uh, and seeing just ever seeing Walgreens be like, happening like there's a 20 person line at walgreens dashes wasn't even open at that point uh the china star facade was kind of like caving in on itself costas wasn't open uh i didn't go to sunoco but i saw pictures of sunoco later there was no uh food items of any kind left at sunoco completely empty shelves and then last night's a good example i walked again down there and that part of hurdle and more places were open and it was more clear at that point and there was two lanes of traffic but I went to uh, Sterling. Sterling oh, ran out of beer. At what time? Like nine. I, well, I don't know what time it ran out. I got there at like nine, nine thirty-ish, somewhere in that range, maybe almost ten. They're out of beer. They had a case of beer that they definitely bought. The stuff they definitely bought at Walgreens because it was it was like 
Bell's two-hearted ale and like some some of that stuff. But like, that's the thing though, like these places rely on trucks to come deliver stuff. Trucks can't move right now. Really wild it's stuff. Impossible. But it's impossible it's, getting around the roads there. Yeah. Well, Taylor, wild. before uh, we get into some some brief Sabres talk here, as we wrap up our conversation about Buffalo turning into the plot of the day after tomorrow, would you like to share a word from our sponsors? Yeah, sure. First sponsor here, DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what do you have to do? You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Another sponsor, of course, is Thin Man Brewery. And the location on Elmwood is open, folks. Uh, a lot of the, the hardworking men and women of Thin Man Brewery Dug it out yesterday to to be able to make this happen. Uh, a lot of hard work on that front. You can see the snow mounds on Elmwood are pretty big. So they're open. And you know what they're open for more importantly than today, Wednesday, or tomorrow when you're listening to this Thursday. It's Saturday. Not just any Saturday, though. It's New Year's Eve. And that means time for Thin Man's, I believe, second annual New Year's Eve party. Uh, one flat fee, if you get a ticket online, gets you... Unlimited drinks, and that includes all the, the great Thin Man beers you've come to know and love, cocktails, champagne, food, which will be there, I believe pizza and stuff like that, uh, and live entertainment, and of course, as always, good times. So stop into uh, Thin Man Elmwood. Uh, also this week, if you're you know you're bored at home, you're you're you uh, again. Uh, this is an important disclaimer I got to put out there. If you if there's still a driving ban, you can't drive there, <laughs> but. If you're listening to this, the driving ban may have been lifted already on Thursday. We'll see. If not, if you're in walking distance, hey, walk there and go get some four-packs. They got a lot of stuff available. Uh, and uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, things are a little bit back to normal. And you can enjoy a normal uh, kind of weird week between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, you go there and, and have some beers. We love that. We love having beers on New Year's. Bring it in the New Year. There we go. All right. Do we want to get into some prospect talk here? Because the World Juniors are underway, folks, and a couple of key Buffalo Sabres slash Rochester Americans are leading the way for their respective nations. And oh, really? How are my, my dudes Poltapov and Kisikov doing? Oh, I know. We love Procore Poltapov, don't we, folks? We love Procore. Uh, no, I'm How are they doing? About... How is Russia doing? Is, are they winning? You know what? I think they were losing in the last one. Yeah, last I checked, they were not mm. winning, in fact. Interesting. What happened? Well, we'll leave that up to the listeners' imagination. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so here's the but, thing that I actually want to ask you about because I don't know prospects that well. But it seems like Coolidge is becoming the uh, the hot guy of the, the 2022 draft. Like the, uh, oh, well, maybe this guy went a little bit too low. Maybe we should have taken him higher kind of guy. Yeah. Not just Sabres fans, but other teams. So he's the darling of Sabres fans right now. But is he overall? I think it's a fair question to ask. I mean, a lot of it will remain to be seen. But what we've seen from him so far has been 
so impressive for starters of course we'll talk about the hat trick which i'm sure many a lot of you had saw or had saw highlights of an incredible hat trick in there i believe it was a nine nothing eight or nine nothing win over austria coolidge scored a hat trick and what was the best part about it aside from just the fact of scoring a hat trick was that each of the goals we're all so individually pretty. You have a beautiful wrist shot. You have a booming slap shot. And you have him deking the goalie out of his pads in a breakaway. I mean, it was – his talent was fully on display. And it's been on display in Rochester this year. He's been getting better as the year has gone on. Admittedly, I haven't gotten to watch as many Rochester games as I would like to. But that is definitely going to change here coming down the stretch. But when I have seen him, I mean, the guy has looked damn good and what we're seeing from him now, he's dominating among his peers, which is what you absolutely want to see. Even in his first game, you know, he didn't have any points in that one, but I believe he had four shots on goal and was getting prominent high-level minutes for, for the checks. And so it, it's great to see with him. And then Rosine on the other side, him and Ostland are both representing Team Sweden. And I will, I'll go back to Coolidge in a second, but just to say quickly about Rosen too, just because with him playing with Coolidge in Rochester, he has also been kicking ass in this tournament. He's got two goals and an assist so far through these two games. He's beaming with confidence right now. And it seems like Rosine is turning into the player that we were hoping we would when we drafted a player who was, uh, I guess you could say of a, of a project nature, like he has, like he was when he was drafted just due to his smaller frame, but back to Coolidge though. Yeah. I think it's a fair thing to question. I think what the real test is going to be, we've seen, you know, he can hack it at the AHL level and I'm excited to see how he's going to play down the stretch here the rest of the year. And we'll see how far he's going to be able to help take the checks to on their way as they continue through the world junior championships. But what I'm most excited about, and I think will give us a real good determination, obviously we're not going to know in terms of what the end result is going to be in terms of who the best from the class is for a, for a few years now, but it will be very telling if Yuri Coolidge is able to make the Sabres out of camp next year. And for what it's worth, depending on how uh, some maybe roster moves or trades go, I think he will. Wow. I mean, I don't really see why not at this point. Like if, if he's going to keep playing this way, it's like, are you really just going to be like, no, we have to keep, we're going to bring back Vinny Henestrosa one more time. Like, no, I think you roll with guys like that. Well, right. And again, you're going to have spots that are going to be opening up throughout pretty much everywhere among the four group, but specifically in the top nine. I know the top two lines are pretty set, but that third line is wide open right now, as is the fourth line. Obviously, if we're going to see Coolish next year, we're going to want to see him getting some more quality minutes and what would assuming we would assume be a third line role. But I'm excited to see how he's going to, you know, roll the rest of the way in Rochester. Who knows? Maybe he plays his way into getting a call up for a little bit too. Yeah. Overall, I mean, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, and overall, I mean, it's great to see, you know, Oslin hasn't been producing the points as much so far, but they both have played. Uh, him and Rosine have played strong so far. They ended up, I believe, in their first game, held off uh, Germany, I believe it was, in a in a one nothing game. And then, yeah, Rosine ended up uh, picking up, I believe, a pair of points in the second game, which was really great to see there. So, so far, so good. Uh, we'll see, you know, how the rest of this goes. Canada's stumbling a little bit also, which is quite interesting, I would say. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the tournament is is going to shake out. Are you going to be able to catch any games, you think, at all, Taylor? Yeah, probably. Especially, I honestly, it's really snuck up on me. Not just because of the blizzard, but because there was just a World Juniors like 90 days ago. Right. Uh, but, oh, so when I started seeing, like, Coolidge highlights on Monday, I was like, oh, shit, nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make an effort to uh, – so how many guys total is it in the tournament? Coolidge, Rosine, and Osland. Osland. Nice. 
Yeah, not too bad. I mean, you would think we'd hopefully have a couple more, but uh, of course, our our boy Savoy got snubbed from Team Canada there. And some other guys uh, also couldn't play for indeterminate reasons. Yeah, I think we did some foreshadowing with that earlier, Taylor. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, so. Or foreshadowing what? probably isn't the word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, we hinted at it. Is there anyone else uh, that theoretically should have been involved? I'm trying to think, but I don't know. A lot of the prospects I like, I, get, I, I guess you get to the point where you're too old for World Juniors. Like, obviously, Devin Levi is not going to be there. I can't, I, honestly, I'm thinking of the last two drafts. Is there anyone else? I mean, three is a good amount of guys to have there. Let's see. I mean, especially Lyon when you really could have six. Line Onan for Finland and goal. Okay. I mean, yeah. Is that a possibility potentially? Or uh, let's see who else. Hey, what's going on with Canada's goaltending generally? Why why are they so bad at this now? The hell if I know. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But like, in ge- it's not even talking about World Juniors. But I mean, like, if we ever have a best on best Olympics or World Cup again, like, well, I gotta it's fine with that. me. But it's a good equalizer. Oh yeah, hey, I mean, what Carter Hart, Darcy Kemper, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood? I've seen people have even like put on roster projections. But everyone's projected definite starter is Carter Hart. Like, that's yeah. not good. No, it's bad. Because we Russia, can do an episode on Russia's that soon. Involved, but maybe not. In the future of best on best tournaments, we'll see. They'll have yeah. Vasilevsky, obviously, but the U.S. has Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck might win his second Vesna this year. Connor Hellebuck, dude. I mean, even if it's a few years out, you got Jake Ottinger waiting too, who also might win a Hel- uh, yeah Vesna. Absolutely, no. USA is in a in a really good spot with their goaltending, and that's also not to say too you have a guy like Thatcher Demko who's having a bad year like so far this year. But got to imagine the guy we've seen there so far isn't really who. Uh, who he is right now. I think he's just slumping a bit. So that's probably, yeah, that's a damn good third goalie right there. Wait. And if I'm not mistaken, Thatcher Demko and Connor Hellbuck are weirdly close in age. I would have guessed Hellbuck was, I would have guessed Demko is younger. I think Demko is like 26 right now. Isn't he 26, 27? I thought, hmm, I thought he was... and we're also not even mentioning to another young up and coming goalie for team USA, Spencer Knight too, who's been great for, he, he probably would be ahead of Demko at this point. I would say so. I'd say you probably have Helly Buck Ottinger and Spencer Knight as your three. Yeah. At this point, but who knows? I mean, we're not doing one of these, uh, maybe ever again. Uh, Demko is just turned 27. Yeah. 27. Okay. We should yeah, definitely... not that young man. There should be more news about this soon because I would love for us to do a roster projection episode for each of the teams. We, we did that a, like a couple of years ago, I think, like two or three years ago, way back when we did one. We did it during COVID for the 2022 Olympics, but they never – I mean, they happen. But yeah, Hellebuck is 28, so he's a year yeah. older. And Hellebuck's yeah, been around that, forever. Honestly, that team will be way more fun to make too, even though it's only like a two-year difference. It will be way more fun to make for Team USA. So if there was a 2018 Olympics, I mean, there was a 2018 Olympics, but if there was NHL players in that Olympics, like John Gibson would have been involved, right? Yeah. And this 2022, he probably would have been thought of. Ugh, yeah. There's not a shot of. in hell he's not. If they do a World Cup in 24 or they go to the Olympics in 26. Yeah, there's no way. That dude's not even going to mention. No, not at all. Not at all. Crazy stuff. We should talk about this again soon. Oh, I would yeah. like to do that. That could be a lot of fun once we... If we hit a, a lull at any point, but that's not going to be happening, folks, because the Sabres are on a goddamn warpath. That's right. I mean, July has to happen eventually. 
Exactly. Uh, Something fun to look forward to this summer. Yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, we can do this forever because we're never going back to a best on best. But uh, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is I'm a little worried about the Sabres going into Detroit, theoretically playing Thursday night, not going into Detroit, going into the Detroit game in Buffalo. I'm a little worried. They haven't played a game. It'll be 10 days between games, and it'll be a week since they've practiced. And who knows if they'll be able to do a morning skate tomorrow. Probably not. So, uh-huh. honestly, I'm not expecting big things out of that game. But, hey, after that. Well, and they have their next upcoming stretch of games is pretty tough here. So, you have a division foe in Detroit who also is above 500. Then after that, you have the Bruins who have been phenomenal to start this year, 27-4-3. and After oh. that, you you have another foe in Ottawa. And then you have Washington next week, Tuesday on January 3rd, before you play Minnesota on the 7th, that Saturday. So what are your thoughts on that upcoming stretch, Taylor? I don't know how good Washington is. And I know Ottawa's not that good. So I'm not that worried about that, uh, that stretch in general. I also uh, would like to uh, make a, a plea to the universe. Can we have a winter where there's not a weird, annoying pause in the middle of the, the season? This is the third, well, fourth, depending on how you look at it. Like it was the spring of, 2020 where you had obviously you had the season just shut down but the next year uh i don't know when it was in the season probably january or february because that season started super late the sabers have their covid pause after was detroit or montreal got the sabers sick and then you had oh, it was the devils what am i saying the other red team the devils got the sabers sick and there was a super long two plus week pause then and then last year there was at this time there was the omicron pause they just put the entire nhl on pause for like a week or so during the holidays to you know i guess get through all the guys that had uh, tested positive so now we have this year and we have this uh the sabers are already gonna have a little bit of time off but now they've had two games added to that and they're gonna go a whole 10 days without playing i say enough next year just do a whole normal season my yeah, that'd be nice. I don't think we're asking too much there. Yeah, seriously. Very annoying. Very, very, very annoying. All right, Taylor. Well, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap things up? Uh, should I do my random Sabres player of the episode? Who do you got? Hmm. Who do you got? I want to make sure I haven't said this guy yet, but I honestly didn't think about it until you just brought it up. But Yaroslav Spacek. Nice. I want to go with Linus Omark. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, my Good recommendation that I'm, I'm not going to go any further on is uh, to uh, Glass Onion. Yeah. I like Glass Onion. Everyone likes Glass Onion. So a nice time. Nice way to spend two hours. Everybody but Ben Shapiro liked Glass Onion. Yeah. Means, it was it, probably a good movie. It was very yeah, good. Yeah. He it was a confirmed. character in the first one, which so he was pretty upset about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. So I don't, we're going to do an episode for Monday, right? Yeah. Record it before. And release sure it because Monday's the second. So we're, I don't know, we're recording either the 31st or the first. We'll see. Anyway, you guys will have an episode next Monday, and the Sabres will have played in that time. So something to look forward to. Hell yeah. We love to hear that. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Check out all of our fellow shows and give them a follow. Also, make sure you are following us on whatever streaming platform you're using or subscribed, whatever it may be. Last but not least, hit up, hit up 
both of the presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find them where you could also find us straight up Sabres. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast. First, of course, DraftKings and using that promo code THPN at checkout and Thin Man, where you should be spending whatever you're up to this week, really just get over to Thin Man, go hang out. It'll be a great time ringing the new year there. Have a good time. You will not regret it thank you all so much for tuning in we'll be back with a brand new episode on monday this has been straight up savers <laughs>